Welcome to Brit David Podcast and the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, We Will Not Neglect the House of Our God, from Nehemiah 10, 28 through 39. An amazing declaration ends Nehemiah 10. The people say, We will not neglect the house of our God. In the same ways that they meant that, we should mean that. The issues they address are the very issues dearest to us today. Let us not neglect his house. I think you'll see that your life is the better for it. Here's Pastor Tim. In two areas. Number one, make sure that you are protective of your youngsters, your youngins, your kids. Make sure that you are protective of them. As soon as they say, we have joined ourselves with one another. We're going to be faithful to this covenant that we are making. What is the first thing that they had to say? Look, if you will, in verse number 30. That we would not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. What's he saying? He's saying we're not going to lose our kids to this world. That's what he's saying. We're not going to lose our children to this world. The world is after them and has its hooks on them more hours of the day than many of you do. They've got, the world has its hooks in them in school, while they're watching television, while they're on their tablets or their phones. The world has an opportunity to influence them. Like parents, sorry, but like you don't. So you better protect them. If you don't want the world to get them, then you give them to Jesus. And you train them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Teach them, show them what it means to walk with God. Pray for them. Pray with them that they might be faithful to the Lord God at all times. Be protective of your youngsters. He's talking about his sons and daughters, but in what capacity? He's talking about them giving them in marriage. So not only do I need to be protective of my youngsters, I need to be protective of my yoke. My yoke of marriage. Paul says, do not be unequally yoked. Joined together in holy matrimony with one another. You better be sure that you protect that. Listen, as our marriages go, so go our families. As go our families, so go our churches. As go our churches, so goes our community. As our communities go, so goes our world. The most basic unit that God created, the very first one, is marriage. While Adam and Eve were still perfect, He designed marriage. It is the perfect expression 
of who God is in relationship to his people. When Paul begins to write his epistles, he wants to be able to describe what it's like between a husband and a wife. He says it's like the relationship between Jesus and his church. If you'll treat your spouse the way Jesus treats you, your home will be a much better place. Don't neglect your faithfulness if you're not going to neglect the house of God. Don't neglect your family if you're not going to neglect the house of God. And thirdly, don't neglect your finances. Your finances. The bulk of everything that they say in this covenant has to do with their finances. It does. Right there beginning in verse number 1. All the way through to the end of verse number 39. Everything that they have to say involves that area. Why is that important? Because we make it important. We make money an important issue. Shoot, when when Dina came to me and showed me her little stick that had a plus on it. (laughs) for Juliana. You know, I said, what does that mean? And she said, it means you're going to be a dad again. And I said, oh, we got to save money. Not always been the most thoughtful person with my words. It is important though, isn't it? It touches every aspect of life. Jesus knows that. That's why Jesus talked more about that area of your life than he did about heaven or hell. It's incredible. All right? Look at, look, at, look at some of these. Let's break them down. Verse number 31. They say that if the peoples of the land bring wares or any grain to sell on the Sabbath day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day, and that we would forego the seventh year's produce and the exaction of every debt. What they're saying about finances is is that you have to be convictional. You have to have conviction in your heart about where money sits. Is it God? Is it a goal? Or is it a tool? I believe that God has given you every resource you have as a tool to do ministry in this world. And so he says here in verse number 31, I think that we are to be convictional about transactions. Be convictional about transactions. They said, listen, if the world offers us something, it violates what we believe. For them here, it's the Sabbath day. We're not putting our money there. You have to decide, don't you? how you're going to transact business, who you will buy from, and who you'll not. It doesn't mean that you have to go into a big boycott and let everybody know that you're not going to support so-and-so for such-and-such. But if God has given you charge over the monies that you have, He's still the owner 
you are the steward of the manager, then you have a responsibility to use that money as he sees fit. So I'm going to be convictional about my transactions even in the world. Number two, be convictional about tokens. About tokens. Let me show you what I mean. Verse number 32. They say, also, we have made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbaths, the new moons and the set feast, for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel, and all the work of the house of our God. He's not talking about tithes. He's not really talking about offerings. He's talking about one special annual offering that they would give simply to the house of the Lord so that they might buy the things that are necessary to make the work continue. What they promise is, we're going to promise from this day forward, we're going to give a third of a shekel. Now, I say this is about tokens. Because they are required to do more. The law said that every male over 21 years of age was to give half of a shekel to the house of God every single year. Do you remember when Jesus is with Peter and they go to the temple and they don't have any money to pay the temple tax? That's what this is. Remember what Jesus told him? Go down there, catch a fish, open his mouth, there's going to be a coin, and that coin's value is going to be worth two half shekels. It's going to be worth both of our taxes that we're going to be paid. They're supposed to pay a half. Now one of these people saying, okay, we promise that we're going to give a third. Sounds like Baptist group, doesn't it? You know, Think about where they've been. I mean, they have been under siege. They've given everything that they've had to build this wall back. This is not, I mean, this is like, this is like a 2023 American economy that's going on over there. I mean, their dollar, their shekel is going down the tank fast. Most of them don't have a half of a shekel. Now, let me put a little bit of perspective for you like this. If we're talking about that amount of money then to today, it's about $4. About $4. And they don't have it. What they're saying is what we do have, we're going to give. We know that it's not enough. But we're going to give what we've got. We're going to give God a token. It's not the full amount. But we're going to give Him something. We're going to talk about tithing before we get through with this. But some of you are at that point where you're not doing that. In fact, some aren't doing anything at all. By the way, let me say this to you. 
in love and in encouragement, I'm going to say this to you. As the oldest generation in this church passes, passing with them are tithers. And my generation and the generation below me is yet to pick up the mantle. And we better get on with it. I want to tell you something practically. We better get on with it. Or it's not going to be here. Spiritually, we better get on with it. Because it's a matter of obedience. So if somebody comes and they say, you know what? I I see that. I see it. I've not been faithful in my giving. But I'm ready to say that I'm not going to neglect the house of my God. And I recognize that some of that means finances. And I'm really not giving anything. I'm going to commit today that I'm going to give, even if they say, I'm going to give 1% of my income. I'm going to say, praise the Lord. You know, I'm going to give 1%. And I recognize I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but I'm going to make it 2% next year. And I'm going to keep simply increasing that until I do get to where God wants me to be. That's what they're doing. Jesus sent Peter, right, to get the fish. And he pulled out two half shekels, I mean a value of two half shekels. What's that mean? That means between Nehemiah's day when they say, we don't have it, we can only give a third. By the time you get to Jesus' day, they're back to a half. You can get to the point to where you're supposed to be. But you can start right where you are. Yes? Yes. Don't neglect your finances. Be convictional about transactions. Be convictional about tokens. Number three, be convictional about talents. About your talents. Look, if you will, let's kind of keep going here. Verse number 34. They say, we cast lots among the priests, the Levites, and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God according to our Father's houses at the appointed times, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God. It is written in the law. There might not be a more plain offering to give than to give to the wood offering. (laughs) If you won't give to the wood offering, we'll take the wood offering. But what's he mean by that? It means I can go out and I can pick up sticks for God. And I promise, I might not have much talent, but I can go pick up sticks. And I'm going to do that for the house of my God. I will not neglect it by letting sticks stay out there. I might not be able to do a lot around here. But when I see garbage in the parking lot, I'm going to pick it up. I might not be able to do a lot around here. But I can plant flowers. I can trim hedge. I can stuff envelopes. I can work a game. And I can bring some candy. 
the talent that God has given to you, His skills that He's entrusted you with, are to be used for His glory. No matter what that is, and even if you think it's something small, it's something big for the Lord. Listen to me. God has tailor-made His relationship with you. Your relationship with God is not like anybody else's in this room because you're not like anybody else in this room. God loves you. God sent His Son for you. God wants to work through you. He has created you and gifted you. Now giving you an opportunity like He may not give to anybody else any other time. Use your talents for Him. All right, you ready for the biggie? You know what's coming up next, don't you? Be convictional about tithing. Be convictional about tithing. That's where, they, that's where he is for the rest of the passage. Beginning in verse number 35, it says, And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees year by year to the house of the Lord, to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle as it is written in the law and the firstlings of our herds and our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, to bring the first fruits of our dough, our offerings, the fruit from all kinds of trees, the new wine and oil to the priests, to the storerooms of the house of our God and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. Verses 38 and 39 are going exactly the same way. We're bringing our tithes into the storehouse. Right? That's what Malachi said. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse. And he says, God says, prove me now in this. That I won't open up for you the windows of heaven. And pour down blessings on you which you cannot number. Is that a prosperity gospel? No, it's an obedience gospel. If you will entrust God with what you have, He will entrust you with what He wants to give you. We will not neglect the house of our God. I'm not going to neglect it in any of these ways. I'm not going to neglect it in any way that I can think of. This is His church. And this is my church. And I'm going to give it 100% of what I got. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. Would you simply in prayer tell God that very same thing? Don't say we. Say I. I will not neglect the house of my God. I won't. 
Now, what that means may mean what Nehemiah's people said in, in those things that we've covered today. It may mean something else. What do you need to do today? Step it up that you might not neglect his house today. The answer to that question is what you need to do during this invitation. Father, I ask your blessings today over those who need to give their hearts to Jesus. For those who, like this group, join themselves together with others who need to place their life in our church. For those, Father, who simply need to follow through with what you've given to them. Maybe it does mean money for them. Maybe it does mean talent for them. Maybe it does mean service. Whatever that means, Father. Just as they are uniquely in relationship with you, I pray that you would speak individually to every heart that we might do today what we ought to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are. If you need to come to the altar, that's probably the best place. If I can help you with any of those things, I want to. Okay? Sean? Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.